Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. That is indeed the name of the show, my mysterious friend. Six minutes left in the first period. 1-1 Calgary and Dallas early in the second period. 2-2 Canucks and Predators also in the second. Islanders up 3-1 on the Senators. Capitals and Penguins tied 3-3. In the third, Winnipeg and Philly tied 1-1. Rangers up 3-2 on the Panthers. Maple Leafs destroying the Devils. It is 6-0. 2-2 Sharks and Lightning. And also in the third, Boston up 2-1 on Seattle. Donskoy, his first of the season for the Kraken. Later, Coyotes and Avalanche. Sabres at Vegas. Tomorrow, 3.30 face-off show. Game at 5. It's Furnace Family Oilers Hockey. It is the Oilers and the Capitals. Last one before the All-Star break for the Oilers, and then it gets uh, super busy starting next uh, Tuesday. They're going to have eight games in 13 days. One of the all-time greats, not just in football, in sports, has made it official. He has retired in lieu of getting Tom Brady on the show. We got his big fan, Blake Dermott. Hi, Blake. Like, if, what, if, what, if, what if I would have said that? Oh, sorry, Blake. We're going to bump you. We just got Tom Brady to call in. Oh, I'm, hey, I got off here in a heartbeat. I want to hear what he but says. I, but I wouldn't have let you ask any questions. <laughs> well, I was getting a little nervous there when you, when you started the intro by saying one of the all-time greats. And I was like, oh, wait a second. Something else happened here today. Uh <laughs> Well, we appreciate you checking in tonight. Uh, I mean, lots to talk about uh, in the NFL, but obviously the Brady news is huge. I want to ask you, now maybe I'm just going to throw this at you. We have not done a pre-interview. Maybe you have no memory of this day, or maybe it, it sticks in your mind. September 23rd, 2001, that is when Tom Brady replaced Drew Bledsoe. Uh, do you remember the game? Did you know anything about Brady when he took over from Bledsoe? I will say no to, to all those questions. No, I, uh, no, I, I just, I, I rem- and I don't even remember, you know, like he was such a non-factor when, uh, when he was drafted, you know, as low as he was something, I don't know, was he an 140-something pick? Or 199th, 199th. 199th. Sixth round, is that what it was? A sixth-round pick? Yep. He was an absolute non-factor. And, uh, and over the years, you know, I've had chuckles about his 40 time because, as uh, as slow as I was, and one of the slowest guys on the team, I ran a faster forty time than he did by a lot, and uh, and you know so his his measurables coming out of college were were just nothing. But uh, and you know it took him it took him nineteen years to get a thousand yards rushing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And uh, you know some of these some quarterbacks can get that in a year and a bit, and uh, especially in today's game. But but the intangibles that he had, the the leadership qualities, the the ability to to read the defenses and get rid of the ball and make decisions so quickly, and and uh, I mean that was evident right from that was one of the reasons why they 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 picked him in the sixth round because they looked at him and they they did so much testing. You know, uh, Belichick was keen on that, and and he just felt. That, this was a guy that would fit within his system. And, uh, you know, 
uh, history says that that was one of the greatest decisions ever made in professional sports. Well, our, our, like honestly, it's it's arguably the greatest. I, I know sometimes yeah. we we get on the radio and we exaggerate a little bit, but uh, I mean, I, I don't know how you it, it would have to be on a short list of if if not number one of the uh, the greatest sort of uh, off the board type decisions or gambles or whatever you want to call it. And Brady's interesting to me. And and as you know, you know, you're a Patriots fan. I, I never have been a Patriots fan, but you know, you reach the point where you, you can't deny that he's he's the best player ever. And to me, Brady is interesting to talk about because you watch Mahomes and it's like, well, he can scramble and he does all these, you know, throws from different arm angles. And and Peyton Manning was almost like the assistant offensive coordinator and just a, a cerebral surgeon out there. And and tons of guys are uh, have arm strength. And Ben Roethlisberger is, you know, huge and hard to tackle and all that kind of stuff. And with Brady, it's like, what's his greatest physical attribute? And it, to me, it'd almost be like, well, I don't know. He just won. Like he just kept, <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? Like yeah. the scouting report is like, well, he just, he just wins. He just makes the play and, and wins. Like, like I, I realize how good he is and what, how, how awesome he is physically, but I don't think of him as having this one physical attribute that propelled him to, to, to success. He just figured it out along the way. Yeah, well, the uh, the one thing that he did have, but he did have an exceptional arm. I mean, even to the end, uh, because I mean, the season that he had this year. I mean, some people were, were were talking about Brady in the conversation as MVP. Like he was putting up unbelievable numbers at 44 years old. So, so he still had the arm strength. And of course, you know, they always say about quarterback, you don't have to be the best athlete to be a good quarterback. You just have to be one of the smartest people. And and in that particular position. Um, and, and it's it's morphed a little bit in the last 10 to 15 years because of the the, the athletic type uh, quarterback like like Patrick Mahomes and and uh, you know even a Joe Burrows. I mean the guy can move around, he can run, he can make plays with his legs, and and he did some of those uh, Holmes type uh, moves in that game. But but it's 80% mental in that position, and it still is, and it will be. The best quarterbacks will always be that way. I think one of the issues or one of the troubles that a quarterback like uh, Patrick Mahomes has is from a coaching standpoint, you think you have so much more. So you try to do more stuff with him. And, and, and uh, I love Andy Reid and I love the way he coaches. And I love the fact that he does trick plays and stuff like that. And little, little wrinkles to keep teams off balance. I love that. But sometimes I think it, with a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, he starts, you know, you, you start to get this confidence that he's no matter what's going to happen, he's going to be able to pull it out. And uh, with Brady, I think over the course of his career, there is not a lot of things that he did that was fancy. He just did everything really, really well. And with with limited physical abilities, like with his feet, they had to they had to, you know, uh, they had to sit him in the pocket. So they had to make sure that they had an outstanding offensive line. And over the course of his career, I think there's only one or two years where he didn't have a good offensive line. Um, and they also had to have an outstanding defense, which is, you know, with, with Belichick, you were running that defense. They always had that. So, I mean, he didn't, he didn't win all those uh, Super Bowl seven of them, been nine of them. He didn't, he didn't do that all on his own, but man, he was the best game manager. I don't know how many times, you know, you talk about four, 14 seconds. I think Mahomes needed last, last week to bring the team down to, to get a, a, a going to overtime. They, they didn't, uh, Brady sort of did that, uh, ad nauseum like he was he was one of those guys that could you didn't want to give the ball to him uh, at the end of the game in the last two minutes because you know it was going to it was going to end the wrong way for you and and he but he just did that with the right play calls the right execution and he always had you know the right kind of players around him too yeah now you're a patriots fan and as you and i always remind people 
you did not start being a Patriots fan in 2000. You, you, you go all the way back to when some years they sucked, quite frankly, or weren't very good. So you've been there through thick and thin. So I think it's fair for me to ask you, because when Brady left to Tampa Bay, oh, now, you know, New England had an off year and Brady won the Super Bowl and, oh, Belichick. Like, is as a Patriots fan, does that discussion bother you? Oh, what would have Brady been without Belichick? What would have Belichick been without Brady? Or are you more... It's irrelevant. Who cares? They were together. Look what they did. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm. That's the opinion I'm of. And, and, and of course, I'm, I'm a fan of sport. Like when Brady went to uh, Tampa Bay, I was pulling for him to be successful. And I was, and I knew that the, the Pats were going to, at some point, have to take a step back, and they did. But they took a step, a big step forward this year. And I think it's a huge upside for that, for that organization. But the trouble is, is they got, they got the Buffaloes of the world in that, in that conference now too. And so there's there's some some uh, it seems like for uh, for a lot of years uh, they were the best team not only in the league but also in that conference there was nobody even close now there's a bunch of teams that are close so it makes that conference a lot more exciting to watch and uh, whenever but but the league needs the Patriots to be uh, a, a solid playoff contender because. There are so many fans that absolutely hate them. They watch when that team is playing. No, I'm, I'm serious from a standpoint. No, I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, it, but you know, then, but also excited about, uh, you know, what happened this weekend because I thought that it, it was going to be a walk for Kansas City to get to the Super Bowl. I thought they were built for this this year. I thought that they started really slow. And, uh, and with, you know, four out of five starters on their offensive line were new guys this year. It took them a little while to get that uh, their offense uh, up to speed, but by by the time the playoffs started, they were just virtually unbeatable. Uh, unless you look at uh, the uh, the Bengals, who I think Joe Burrow has won seven games in a row with that team. And uh, I, I look at that kid, and uh, and I was hoping for him in the game against Kansas City, um, but I wasn't calling him to beat him. I just thought Kansas City was going to be that that much better, and especially when they go down twenty-one to three in the first half. I'm going, right. Oh my God, it's it's ugly. But but that is a that is a, a, a uh, that's who I would like to see win the Super Bowl is the Bengals. And for a couple of reasons, well, Joe Burrows is young. Joe Burrows went through, a, for some guys, a career-ending knee injury last year, but he fought through that, and he's playing really well, and he's, and he's, he's the type of leader that, that the team believes in and all of those things. And plus his dad played in the CFL for about five years, so there's some, some ties and roots to, to our game with, his, with, with Joe Burrow. Yeah, uh, I, I want to ask you more about that game. And and I agree with you. I thought it was over at halftime. I didn't really pay attention for much of the third quarter. I focused on the Canada-USA soccer game. So I kind of even missed the start of the Bengals' comeback. But then what I did watch, I thought, this is not Patrick Mahomes. And, and even you look at that the final two plays in regulation where they could have won with a touchdown and they wound up losing about 20 yards on a couple of sacks. And he actually fumbled, which could have ended the game right there and uh, to me i guess it's just proof blake that pressure can get to anybody whether it's mental or the physical pressure of, of a defense um but what what happened to the chiefs in that second half how much of that was them out thinking themselves or how much of that was cincinnati just figured something up figured something out you know i think it started in the last play of the first half you know when you're you're down there on the one yard line you got five seconds to go you're up 21 to three. You are, um, 
you, you, it's a simple, let's kick a field goal, let's take the points, and let's go into the halftime on a real positive note. Not, not that the 21 points they put up on the board in that first half wasn't positive enough, but you go in on a positive note. They, they let the clock run out. Uh, uh, they don't get the touchdown. Um, you know, it's a, a shaky decision that was made by uh, the coach. Said he, you know, Andy Reid said I didn't call a very good play, but then I didn't think Mahomes made a good decision. He should have thrown the ball away. So now they go in at halftime with a, uh, you know, on a negative note, when it should have been an ultra-positive. And the reverse happens over on the other side. They, they go, wow, we dodged the bullet. Okay, guys, let's just go in there and let's just let's trust the process, go through this whole thing, and let's see what we can do. And that's what happened. And they started chipping away. Because, let's face it, they didn't play, the Bengals didn't play as well as they could play in that first half. So, and I think they got lucky a little bit. I mean, even that last interception that, that Mahomes threw, I mean, they hit the receiver in the hands and got punched out backwards to a defensive to a defensive player. Like, it wasn't, he didn't throw it, make a, an awful decision. So, it just started to go the other way for them. And sometimes when momentum starts going the other way, he just can't get it back. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Well, we'll have to talk again, uh, hopefully uh, next week to lead into the Super Bowl because uh, an interesting showdown for sure. You got a team playing at home for the second straight year, which hasn't happened uh, before in the NFL either. So that's another storyline we'll have to dive into. Blake, it is always a pleasure and uh, enjoy. I'm, I'm sure you're well, Tom Brady, I don't think drinks, so I guess enjoy a glass of water for, for, for Tom he Brady. Tonight. After the Super Bowl, when they won it, because he threw the Super Bowl from boat to boat, he apparently. Oh, right. <laughs> he right. on. Anyways, so yeah, we'll talk next week and and uh, uh, go Bengals. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> it's Blake Dermott. He's got his allegiance coming up for the Super Bowl already. Yeah, I mean Brady, what a career! I mean, uh, seven Super Bowls in twenty-two seasons. It's hard to even fathom that 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 would have happened. 199th overall draft pick in the NFL, sixth round back in 2000. Good perspective from Blake. I always enjoy hearing from him. Happy to hear from you as well. The hotline is powered by CertainTeed, 780-496-0063. CertainTeed, professional-grade building materials. More on the order. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. As we move along, and we'll also visit with one of the newest members of the Edmonton Oil Kings, all ahead on Inside Sports. Brady, widely considered the greatest football player to ever live. I suppose, though, it's all a matter of perspective. And I have seen a post here on social media today, which makes it appear like Tom Brady is far from the greatest of all time. And Kellen Kennedy back at the 630 Chet Broadcasting Compound is going to have to help me break this down. I'm here for now, you, Reid. It's, it's a side-by-side -side graphic. So it has Tom Brady's picture in the top left-hand corner mm -hmm. and it has another individual's picture in the top right creating two columns and then categories with the total for each of these individuals in each column for example 
both of these men, Brady and the other person I'm going to mention here in a second, have won seven world titles. Correct. Uh, Super Bowls for Brady. And the other person is Brett the Hitman Hart. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, this is a website called Mainly Wrestling, or a, a Twitter account called Mainly Wrestling. So I guess you could say they're slightly skewed. Mm-hmm. So, But they acknowledge both Brady and uh, Hitman Hart have seven world championships. Brett the Hitman Hart twice was King of the Ring. Correct. Brady, never. Now, King of the Ring, is that like a Royal Rumble type thing? What is that? No, this was like the uh, NCAA tournament that the WWE used to do. Okay. Uh, tag team titles, three for Bret Hart, mm-hmm. none for Brady. Correct. What is an IC title? I don't know what Intercontinental that is. title. Oh, the Intercontinental Championships, two for Bret Hart, none for Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Five U.S. titles for Bret Hart. That's correct, yeah. Who, of course, uh, Bret Hart is from Alberta, is he not? From Calgary, Alberta. And uh, none for Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. And then when it comes to being inducted into the World Wrestling Entertainment Hall of Fame, Brady has never been inducted. Bret Hart has been inducted twice. That's right. You're gonna you're gonna have to help me with that, Kellen. There How are get- there's a subdivision for tag teams. So the Hart Foundation has been inducted as a tag team. That was Brett and Jim Danville Neidhart. So there you go. And Brett, of course, because of his singles wrestling greatness, is in the WWE Hall of Fame as a singles competitor. So. All right, so there you go. I found that very amusing. Both with seven world titles, but the 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 rest of the stuff on that particular graphic. Greatly in favor of Brett, the uh, the Hitman Hart. I thought that was pretty fun. Okay, <laughs> we'll uh, update the scoreboard for you. The Oilers are off tonight, but a lot of their rival teams are playing. We'll tell you how the Flames are doing in Dallas. You'll also get to know Justin Sordiff from the Edmonton Oil Kings. So that's all coming up inside Sports on Chad. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.